0: Welcome, everybody. I'm really excited that you're able to join us today, and I value your time very much. I'd like to invite you to become a follower and supporter of the Growing Band GrowingBandOrque podcast. Now, I'm sure you already listened to the show, and you've got some friends that are listening as well, and we really, really, really appreciate that. So if you keep that up, that'd be awesome. But we've now started GrowingBand.com, which is a new website for us, and there's lots of ways you can interact with us. You can follow us on social media channels, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube by going on growingband.com and clicking on any of those to follow us you can also find on there now a new merchandise store which is the growing band director podcast logo and some sayings on lots of different items on there for men and women and um, there's things from t-shirts and sweatshirts to other clothing and accessories lots of different options on there with lots of different sizes and colors again a little bit of that money comes back to us at the podcast to help us keep, keep some content going for you Finally, I'd like to invite you to become a Patreon member. This is a listener-supported show, which means we don't take any ads besides this one. Instead, we rely on listeners like you to keep us going, right? The way to support us um, is by going to growingband.com and clicking on the Patreon banner. And you can choose either $5 a month, $3 a month, and you'll gain access to the episode notes as well as an audio file of every episode we've done. Among other things, this is where you'll find our repertoire list and all the different repertoire podcasts we've done in the past and we'll do in the future. So whether it's by clicking on Patreon, um, following us on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, um, going to the merchandise store on growingband.com and ordering something for yourself or some family or friends, um, and also sharing the show with some other people. We really, really appreciate you being part of the show, and please reach out at any point, and uh, there's a way to do that on growingband.com as well on the Contact Us button. Uh, anyways, let's get to the show. I hope you enjoy it. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Growing Band Director podcast. My name is Kyle Smith, and joining me is my friend and colleague, Jeff Smith, Our mission is to share practical advice and explore topics that will help every band director, no matter your experience level, as well as music education students who are working to join us in the coming years. Together, we will discuss many aspects of a well-rounded band program, but most importantly, we will discuss concepts that help us all improve our own programs each and every day. Always remember the famous quote by Ray Crock: when you're green, you're growing, and when you're right, you rot. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Growing Band Director podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, hopefully, you've checked out um, our grade one part one episode back from uh, a little while ago in the summer, and then also the part two that we just shared with you last week as well. So, if you haven't heard those two, please go back. Um, here's our last part in the trilogy for grade one stuff. And uh, these are eight great pieces that I uh, hope you really get to enjoy. So uh, thanks for letting me know what you think, and thanks for being fans of the show. Hey, greetings. Welcome back, everybody, to the Growing Band Director podcast. Um, So this episode is going to be all about grade one music. And uh, for those of you who are younger teachers uh, and this graded music system grading uh, stuff is sort of still pretty new to you, um, the music is organized um, or graded by difficulty level for our students right? Um, 0.5 or beginning band being the beginning and then grade six being sort of the highest, highest level stuff that there is. Um, but when you're thinking about this number for your students, think about, um, in terms of skill set, not number of years playing, right? So it's all about what they can do and what they can't do on the instrument. It's not about what grade they're in. So say you take over a high school program, you know, you might say, oh, they need to play grade three and grade four. Well, if their skill set isn't there, then they shouldn't be playing those grade levels, right? So you really want to find, um, uh, you know, the best the best fit for your for your students. Um, definition: Since we're doing grade one today, um, here's sort of the the standard definition for grade one music. Uh, grade one is music usually played by more advanced elementary school students. So this would be fifth grade, sixth grade, you know, depending on your frequency of meeting and all that, even sometimes into seventh grade. Good teachers um, many times have seventh graders play grade one, um, you know, if that's appropriate for that group at that time. Uh, This may include the first full octave of notes on brass instruments, saxophone, and clarinet. I'm sorry, and flute. Um, Advanced clarinets may play the entire octave, but again, this is where they might, they will probably split into first and second clarinet and keep the clarinet twos below the break, typically. Um, advanced clarinets may play an entire octave. Uh, some parts are doubled, i.e. the bass line in the tuba and the bass clarinet and the bari sax would be doubled, but more parts are now split. So first and second clarinet, first and second trumpet, things like that. Musicians are encouraged to be more independent and not lean on each other as much. And Concert B-flat and E-flat key signatures and their relative minor keys are the norm. So that's sort of a standard definition of grade one. And I have a ton of pieces here that, um, to be honest with you, I have not done most of these pieces. I haven't taught a lot of grade one bands. Um, However, I have a bunch of great teachers who've weighed in on this uh, list and who I trust implicitly with their programming. So I hope you get something out of these pieces. And, and remember, even if you're doing a grade three band or a grade four band, we always have use for grade one, right? So what are some of the uses of grade one? Um, well, first of all, um, you should be sight reading with your kids all the time, right? For me, I, we sight read something every day. It could be eight measures, but we always sight read something every day. And for a full grade one piece, a lot of times, you know, when you go to band festival, at least I know in Maine, where I live, we go to band festival and you have to sight read at two grade levels lower than what you're performing at. So if you're doing an average of a grade three, then you need to be sight reading grade one. If you're doing grade four, you have to sight read grade two. Um, So having a number of these grade one pieces to practice sight reading with your kids is really, really important, right? So you need to uh, have a system in place on how you want to do Practice that sight reading. Um, so that's not really a topic for today's episode. But I know Jeff, Jeff and I have discussed that in the past and will in the future as well. Always making sure you have a system and you're teaching your kids how to sight read. There's a lot of tricks you can use and a lot of s- systems you can use. But you need to find something that your kids can latch onto and you can latch onto to really get the best sight reading opportunity for your kids. So even if you're a high school teacher, I'm hoping that a lot of these pieces might uh, make it their way into your library. Yeah, uh, for that site reading purpose. Also, another great thing is take your local middle school teachers who you love so much and who feed uh, your musical souls, right? They send you all these great students. Um, look for advice from them on great pieces to be using and even borrow from them so that maybe sometimes you don't have to spend your budget on it, but um, you can get a lot of these sorts of pieces. And you know what i found over the years? Kids, meaning even older kids, like playing easier music. I mean, how often is everything they're playing like kind of tough for them? You know, it should be at a good a good level where it's challenging them. Not every piece is challenging them in the same way, of course, but... Um for them to sit down and like read a piece that looks so easy to them, they my kids get a total kick out of it. So a lot of times it's a really good change of pace too. So I hope these grade one pieces are useful for, for a lot of you, either for performance or for sight reading purposes. Um, I really do feel this is very quality literature and uh, your kids can have great musical experiences through these. So let's dive into them. All right, so the first one we're going to go with Uh, For part three here is Adventure in India by the composer Kevin Mixon. This is the first band piece I've ever learned about that is in the style of Bollywood, which, um, let's see, Adventure in England and India was written to evoke the musical styles heard in Bollywood, which is the Indian version of Hollywood. Movie soundtracks. This style of music has, has strong Indian folk influence, but a variety of world musics are incorporated. Western popular music styles in particular. Strive to perform the accents and accompanying rests, and these will highlight syncopation that is typical in the style. Will also add excitement, interest, and groove to your performance. Give some notes here about some of the percussion sounds as well. Um, This is in the key. Actually, it's written in the key of B flat, but it's um, really in the key of D minor to be more specific, D um, Phrygian minor, and that just means it's in the key of B flat, but it's focused around the third. So it's kind of like D minor, but with a a different uh, ninth. Um, So let's check out Adventures in India by Kevin Mixon. bollywood for concert band how can you go wrong um again that was adventures in india by kevin mixon next piece is going to be by a great composer rob grice we only have one of rob's pieces on here but i know we've done a lot of them here in westbrook um so that's the name you might want to check out rob grice g-r-i-c-e uh this piece is called dragon slayer it says, you will feel the fire of the dragon in this dark medieval sounding piece. The percussion section leads the way using a break drum and gong, and the, wind, the winds contribute with a robust style and modal sounds. It all adds up to one dynamic presentation using only six notes, and note values no smaller than a quarter note. It really is playable at the first concert, and your beginning students will love it. So, you know, this is under FJH Publisher's beginning band series, but they call it a grade one. Um, so, you know, you could very easily call this a 0.5 and put this in a beginning band series. Um, so this is going to be probably the easiest piece that we're listening to. Um, let's see, uh, let's put it on, uh, Dragon Slayer, Rob Grice. Yeah, so that's Dragon Slayer by Rob Grice. Again, check out more of Rob's music. He's got a lot of pieces. Uh, one that comes to mind that I've done is Above the World. That one uh, that one went very well for us uh, at the grade two level, actually. Um, let's see. The next piece we're going to do is called Mystic Dance, again, by the great Michael Sweeney. Um, this is actually in a slow, fast, slow... Format this outstanding composition for young bands ensures a memorable moment at any concert. They're great at writing those openers, aren't they? Opening with a haunting flute melody accompanied by percussion um, consisting of finger cymbals, wind chimes, rainstick, djembe, or conga drums, and more common instruments. Um, so it does lean on flute section in a in the staff at the beginning at a with a pretty exposed part, section part. Um, And then lots of percussion parts you can get away. Like it says, it it calls for djembe, but you can do it without as well. Um, The effect is at once mysterious and intriguing. An an energetic theme eventually wins out and builds to an exciting conclusion. Important musical concepts include meter change, simple syncopation, as well as counting and listening skills. Playable, yet very effective. That's what uh, Hal Leonard has to say about it. Um, On the subject of big drums, you know, one time we were doing a piece uh with my wind ensemble and we needed a tyco drum and those are like super expensive and really hard to get especially these days so I actually found a youtube video if you ever want to make a big drum you just take an old uh so you need two things you need like a tire uh a car tire that is used right and then you need a couple packs of packing tape and you can find these videos online where you basically wrap it like from 12 to 6 a couple times and then you slowly turn until you've covered the entire thing uh both sides of the heads and the whole um tire in this packing tape and it sounds like this huge drum and it's basically free um so if anybody wants to try that that was a lot of fun of course anything you find on YouTube may or may not work but it uh that worked really well for me and my kids got a blast out of figuring out what the heck I was doing that day uh, I thought of that because of the djembe and kungas and stuff like that if you're in a point where you need some big drums and you want something free a couple of rolls of packing tape and a tire will do ya. Um, all right, so on to the podcast here. The here's uh, here's Mystic Dance by Michael Sweeney. is mystic dance by michael sweeney and we <laughs> assume you heard that flute solo near the end there again live performance and we've all been there got a percussion section going and you're trying to keep it together get, try to get everybody back in i bet you that kid was not looking up i bet you that kid was staring right at their measures of rest and just came in and <laughs> and had an unwanted solo but strong and wrong baby that's what we're going for um so again that was mystic dance by michael sweeney All right, so our next piece is by a great composer named David Schaefer. Um, Again, if you don't know his music, he's got a lot of stuff for Barnhouse especially, and uh, he's got a lot of great grade two, two and a half, three stuff, Um, a couple great recordings that have come out from Washington Winds as well. Um, This piece is called Maximum Mallets, and again, it's published by Barnhouse by David Schaefer, Um, and this is basically a great way to feature some mallet players in this grade one thing. It's a really, really uh, cute little piece. Um, Let's see what they say about it. This clever mallet uh, percussion feature is pure fun from start to finish. A well-crafted novelty piece, it features clever melodies, crisp percussion writing, and supportive brass and woodwind accompaniment. Written for two solo xylophones, it can be performed with multiple mallets on each part, just one on every part, or you can use any any mallet instrument. So, you know, two mallet players, up to as many as you want on any instrument. Works really well. There's a total of five or six percussion parts. Um, there's also piano accompaniment written in on this one as well. It's not a piano part, just an accompaniment that's in there. Um, so I, I love this cute little piece. If I did a grade one bands very much, this would, this would be on my uh, roster. Especially, if, you know, we get those years when you have like a stronger percussion section and a bunch of good players. This would be a, a really fun way to feature them because they're not just in the back. They are just as equal to everybody else. So uh, let's check out Maximum Mallets by David Schaefer. that's Maximum Mallets by a great writer David Schaefer. If you're in the two and a half range, a two, two and a half, a couple pieces of his that work really well in that grade level. One is called Fire Dance. Uh, ki- kids really like that. That's a fast, slow, fast. Another fast, slow, fast of his is called Ceremony Chant and Ritual. Uh, again, that's David Schaefer's piece at grade one level called Maximum Mallets. We have three pieces left for you on this final version um, of our 21 22 pieces on grade one podcast this one is called ancient moon by the great composer elliot del borgo um, let's see what the composer says about this one uh, actually first let's see what jean quinn says about this one um, so she says you need a very strong percussion section very well written full sounding and there's lots of syncopation in percussion and as i was studying the scores i um i definitely noticed that on this one as well you need a, a strong percussion section. Um, So she is right on about that. Let's see what the publisher has to say about it. This exotic, ooh, exotic, uh, composition lets young bands sound full and forceful. The haunting rich textures envelop the theme before being embellished by innovative variations. Superb use of percussion auxiliary instruments, muted trumpets. That's really cool at this level, the fact that the trumpets get to play with mutes. Um, Don't forget to tell them to pull their tuning slide out a half an inch when they put it in, and then when they take the mute out, put the tuning slide um, back in where it was before, else they're going to be sharp. Oh, and if you're getting uh, trumpet mutes, straight mutes, um, let's see, you need to get the Dennis Wick, uh, D-E-N-I-S, Wick, W-I-C-K, straight mutes. Um, most importantly, get metal straight mutes. This is coming from a trumpet player. Don't get the stone line straight mutes. Stone line is great for cup mutes and bucket mutes. Don't let Don't let your kids use those as straight mutes. Use the metal ones at the very least. They get a much different sound. And the Dennis Wick ones are not much more money, and they really make your kids sound great with the mutes. Uh, Anyway, um, there's an effective contrast between woodwind and brass lines, um, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So here is uh, Ancient Moon by the great composer Elliot Del Borgo. That strong ending very much. Um, You know, I will say that's a longer piece for this grade level. You know, that's pushing the almost four minute mark. Not not quite, but it's getting there. Uh, and at this grade one level, that's definitely seems like it's on the on the longer side. But again, that's Ancient Moon by Elliot Del Borgo. Okay, we've got two pieces left. The next piece we're going to listen to is called The Soaring Spirit. And I was wrong. We do have one more Rob Grice piece. So again, this is Rob Grice the Soaring Spirit. This is part of uh, the Sound Foundation series, again, they're grade one. And this piece has a real specialty in that it's really good at working on accents. They have accents placed throughout that are very musical, but also uh, something really good to work on in this grade level. So if you're looking for a good accent piece, this could be the one. Let's check out The Soaring Spirit by Rob Grice. So again, as you heard, that's a live performance of The Soaring Spirit by Rob Grice. Um, I I promise you there are accents there, even though it wasn't super um, obvious on that recording. But here's a hint for all you teachers, and I know many of you probably know this already, but if you were clinicking that band and you wanted to try to get them to play the accents, everything was sort of the same volume, right? So um, you don't actually have to play the accents louder. We'd probably play everything else a little lighter and softer. I'd probably go for lighter rather than trying to play softer and lightening it up. And then the accents should then stick out a little bit more. So sometimes it's, you know, most of our bands play too loud. So if you bring everything down more and more and more, then that will help uh, the accents speak out. So a uh, great piece. I'm glad we listened to that one. And I might've just found my favorite grade level one or one and a half piece. Um, for this whole one and I saved it to last. This one is called Aftershock by Larry Clark. And this one is just super exciting. And I like how the horns and the percussion trade beats. And you'll notice the second theme, the accents come back from the last piece we just had, but now there's more accents here. And uh, they, they change from beat one and two, sorry, one and three to two and four in the next measure. And they kind of alternate. So it's a, a, a pretty musical a little piece of music here it worked really well, probably as a an opener or a closer. Um, again, it is uh, two eighth notes are the heart, the most complicated rhythm in this one, and uh, I think you'll like it. So let's check out "Aftershock" by Larry Clark, and I hope you have enjoyed this series. sincerely appreciate you taking your valuable time and listening to the growing band director podcast. Your students are very lucky to have a band director like you. If you have any suggestions for episode topics, or think you have an area of expertise to share on a show with us, please reach out. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five star review and tell your band director friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple podcasts, Spotify, our YouTube channel, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to the growing band director. See you next week.